For a while, I was struggling with sleep, which was then affecting my ability to think clearly and perform my daily work. I was also getting trembles and even anxiety just from the lack of sleep. I also couldn't do normal daily tasks like grocery shopping or do multiple errands, not to mention the migraines from only two to three hours a night of sleep. It was taking a toll on me and I even considered sleeping medication. I was already a consumer of Ned's original CBD, but then they came out with their sleep blend. So I decided to give that a try. Ned's sleep blend contains not only CBD, but also CBN, which has shown in studies to specifically help sleep. Other organic botanicals shown to help sleep are also added, such as lemon balm and passionflower. All these ingredients work cohesively, creating the perfect blend to help anyone struggling with sleep, including myself. I just take a full dropper under my tongue 30 minutes before I want to go to bed for a restful night's sleep. This is organic certified, outdoor grown, and made in small batches. Ned believes in full transparency and happily shares third-party lab reports right on their website. That's just another reason why I love Ned CBD. I personally consume it and even recommend it to my family. Become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code DIGEST. Go to helloned.com slash digest or enter code DIGEST at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash digest to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering my listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Digest This. Today we are, or maybe I should say I am answering your questions. It is a solo episode today. And on Instagram, I had asked a lot of y'all what you want my opinion on about a brand, about a food trend, about a workout routine, um, anything. Nothing was off topic. And you guys submitted quite a few, so I'm not able to answer them all, unfortunately, but um, there were quite a few repeats, so I'm going to go through them. Literally looking at my phone as I say this right now, all of your amazing submissions. So, Let's see here. Uh, I'm just going to kind of flip through them and we're going to go right into it. So you asked, what is my opinion on psyllium husk? So this is just, again, my own personal opinion. And psyllium husk, of course, you guys know, it's commonly used to treat constipation. You put it in water, you mix it up, and it creates like a thick gel. It's also used in a lot of baking, specifically low carb and keto, uh, just because it's basically all fiber. I have a problem with it because it's all fiber. (laughs) Exactly what I just said. When you put something into your body like that, it actually can create a lot of digestive upsets, bloating and gas and I know it's used for constipation, but it can actually constipate you as well because it does bulk up your stool. Um, Fortunately, if you're not drinking enough water, which the average person is not when they consume psyllium husk, uh, it can constipate you. So it basically can stop you up. So I personally stay away from it 
Uh, maybe some people swear by it, but that's a no for me. Someone asked, what is my opinion on fruit if you have IBS? I love fruit. I think it just all depends on the person. If you're not battling a yeast overgrowth or candida or any kind of like infection necessarily, um, and you just kind of maybe have IBS, gas or bloating, digestive upsets, then I think fruit is great. It actually can help depending on the type of fruit you are eating, uh, specifically kiwi, mango, papaya, uh, even a little pineapple. Those are great fruits. All They all contain digestive enzymes. So fruit is great and it, it contains enzymes that you need as well as a little bit of fiber along with other nutrients, right? You're not just getting fiber, you're getting water, you're getting all sorts of vitamins and minerals in those fruits. I think it's great if you're not battling a yeast overgrowth or other underlying conditions. The raw milk trend, especially with autoimmune. So I think this person was referring to a lot of people, if you haven't noticed, are bringing back raw milk, drinking raw milk, and um, they're just, you know, saying it's amazing. I think that if you grew up on raw milk, you shouldn't have a problem with it. I'll tell you a little personal experience. I was also intrigued, so I bought some raw milk as well as raw kefir. I it did not settle well with me. <laughs> and I, I basically, I didn't go full force because if you do introduce something new, you do have to do a little bit at a time. I think I drank maybe a quarter cup and it completely just turned up my digestive tract. So, you know, that said, it's not for me. Um, You guys know if I do eat dairy, it is typically cultured yogurt and that's it. No, no cheese. I mean, cheese, yeah, on occasion, but it has to be like goat's milk or sheep's milk. Uh, Kind of going off topic, but the raw milk trend, not for me. And if you have IBS, I would really stay away from it. Maybe if you want to try it, do a tablespoon, you know, literally a tablespoon and see how you feel. Elemental super seed bars. Someone asked what my opinion on those are. And the ingredients seem pretty good, actually. So I have nothing against the ingredients. Um, I have to look them up, you know, again. But the issue I have with those is they are very seedy, like over the top seeds. And if you have diverticulitis or something similar to that, maybe IBS, that may not settle well with your stomach. The seeds and little bits and pieces, um, fragments can get stuck in your digestive tract. So I personally stay away from them for that reason. Uh, If you don't have issues with diverticulitis and small seeds and, you know, little things like that, um, that may be something to explore. How do you eat out with friends? That's a question someone asked. So I typically don't eat out a lot. (laughs) Um, You know, it's something that is like on a special occasion. Uh, Since I've been dating Rory, though, we do go out to eat on occasion. And it's kind of a hit or miss when we go out to eat. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. I have gotten food poisoning once or twice. And it's crazy because we went to this, like, for example, we went to this taco place, I think it was like three times. And the first two times, great, no issues. So obviously we went there a third time. We're like, hey, this is cool. And then I got real bad food poisoning. So, you know, it could be just the sauce was left out overnight. It could have been just some sort of mishandled thing. Um, So 
you know, when you are going out to eat with friends, maybe ask them, hey, can we go to a place that you know you're comfortable eating? And uh, try and ask the waiter to, you know, accommodate to your diet preferences. Sometimes ordering sides, like multiple sides and making that as a meal is great. I've, I've done that before. Instead of ordering like, hey, I want like the number five or like the, you know, whatever X salad or this entree, there's a side or there's an extras menu that's like plain, you know, I want the steamed broccoli. I want just the plain chicken. They have like extra chicken, right? I just want extra chicken, the broccoli or spinach or like you get the idea, right? Like the plain baked potato, something like that. That way you can kind of have control over it and you know like it's not being cooked in this or that. Um, Or bring your food. I mean, I've done it before. And if it's a real issue, you know, with your friends and they don't really want to accommodate because of your IBS or your digestive issues, I mean, a true friend will accommodate. I'll just say that. If they're a true friend, they will accommodate. And if you're just really open about it, um, of course, you know, because they're going to want you to come. Food combining. So, so yeah, someone asked my opinion on food combining. So, yes, yes and no. (laughs) There are actually certain foods you should eat together and certain foods that you should eat entirely alone. Uh, Watermelon and melons being one of them. Watermelon, you should eat alone. You shouldn't pair it with a bunch of different things in a salad or, you know, um, you're eating like a bunch of other things. I know it's hard. Typically watermelon is eaten, you know, with barbecued burger and, you know, at a picnic or whatever, but a lot of people can get digestive upsets because it's um, combined with other foods. So it's best to eat it on an empty stomach or alone. I love adding sea salt to my watermelon. That's great. Even like maybe a little hot sauce is okay. But like if you're eating, you know, chicken and um, rice and all that kind of stuff. So melons. However, other foods are obviously great when you combine them. You get more benefits. Carrots. To get the benefits of carrots, you need to make sure you're eating a fat along with the carrots because they're fat soluble. Obviously like the classic avocado and tomato, you get more lycopene from the tomato when you eat it with avocado and things like that. Not to say that it's that the, those are bad if you just eat them alone. Like if you eat a carrot alone, it's not going to do anything bad to you, obviously. But there are certain foods that you should combine to get the maximum benefits. And we, I mean, that could be an entire series or episode on its own. But food combining, yeah, it, it's if you're asking my opinion on it, it's true. What is my favorite type of exercise? That's a question here. And it's changed over the years. It's changed as I have gotten older. I am, you know, now 32. And I used to go super hard at the gym, wake up at 4 a.m., go to the gym, work out for an hour and a half, hour and a half every day. That's crazy, you guys. Be back home by 6 a.m., shower, and start work at like 7.30. Crazy, right? Um, I do not do that anymore. That was in my 20s. So uh, I used to do 30 minutes of intense cardio and then an hour of weight training every day. That was intense. That was so hard on my body. Please do not do that. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, So favorite type of exercise now? Honestly, I don't really exercise. I know that, that comes, maybe this is a shock to you guys. 
but I really don't exercise besides walking and cleaning my house and just like gardening, doing things like that. I I really enjoy it. And so I guess my rec- recommendation would be find something you enjoy. It doesn't have it doesn't have to be an exercise per se. It could be an activity because really exercise is just activities. Our ancestors they used to gather berries, they used to hunt, they used to garden because they had to do it. It wasn't fun thing necessarily, right? Like today's day and age, we pay to do those things. Like people pay to go fishing. People pay to go apple picking. Like this is like a fun activity for us today. And back then that they had to do that. So it's just, it, things have just changed. And so just find an activity you enjoy and uh, go with it. If you're a mom, that is exercise all day long. So props to all the moms out there. What's my opinion on sunscreen? Great question. So I personally don't wear sunscreen. If I'm out in the sun, if I'm in my backyard, I just don't wear it. I, I think that you, if you're eating the right diet, there's actually studies to show like certain foods can actually offset the rays from the sun if you're getting those nutrients in. So if you're eating a, a good diet and you don't, need sunscreen. Now that said, if I'm going to the beach, I'm in a bathing suit all day exposed in the sun. Yes, I will put on sunscreen and there are um, definitely non-toxic sunscreens out there. I can share that in a different episode, but you know, if it's just everyday typical thing going on a walk outside, no, I don't wear sunscreen. What's my opinion on using a French press? So hopefully you guys know what a French press is. It is probably one of the, not I want to say the oldest ways to make coffee, but one of the oldest, I would say. And you basically you have this like jar or glass container and there is, you put coffee in it and you pour hot water in it and then you let the coffee just kind of like sit there and steep and then you push the press down filters the coffee and you pour it in the cup. I love it. So I prefer that over a coffee maker any day. I do have, I drink actually a certain type of coffee that is instant. And I know you guys are thinking, ugh, instant, but it is this one brand. If you follow me on Instagram, I talk about it all the time. And it's the best coffee I've ever had, even comparing to fresh brewed. Uh, anyways, off, off topic, but French press yeah, it's great. It's great for tea. Loose leaf tea. I make my olive leaf tea in it. So it's it's great for a, a multiple multiple things. Ezekiel bread. So I actually used to eat Ezekiel bread. Uh, it's sprouted and it's it seems pretty good. It does have yeast in it, I believe, and it does have soy. It has soybeans. So I stopped eating Ezekiel bread. Uh, I want to say maybe four four or five years ago. And it does, it's very, it's not soft. It's not a soft bread. I'll just say that. So, you know, just be aware it does have yeast. It does have soy in it, but it's a lot healthier than the typical average bread that you would find. It's just, you know, there's other breads out there. I often make my own. If I don't, I always get sourdough. Like sourdough has just been my jam 
And I typically do stay on a gluten-free diet besides sourdough, because you guys know me by now. Sourdough is great. It's cultured and it affects your digestive system entirely different than the average um, baked bread. So I opt for sourdough and a lot of people can, can do that and, you know, they can't do the other bread. So what's my opinion on water and what kind of water do I drink and how much? So I use a water uh, filter. You've probably seen it on my Instagram stories and it's by AquaTrue and I can put the link, I'll put the link in the description of the show below and uh, I, it's just the best water ever. <laughs> Honestly, it's a uh, reverse osmosis, osmosis and it takes every kind of thing out of the water, like lead, mercury, it just... Anything you can think of, it takes it out. It's so good, it takes out the good minerals as well. So because of that, I have to put, I put these trace minerals back into the water that I drink, the good ones, obviously, so that I am still getting good minerals in my water. I do prefer that the water is completely stripped and then I just put it back in. I feel completely confident in it. They have so many different uh, tests on their website. Again, it's called Agua True, and I'll put it in the uh, the link in the description of the show. Highly recommend. And it's just countertop, super easy to maintain and function. You just fill it with your tap water and it filters it. And it actually tastes good too. And I've definitely noticed a difference in my skin since I started drinking it in January of 2022. So, it's amazing. As my, as far as how much water I drink, I do try and drink plain water. Of course, I, I drink tea. And if you do drink a cup of coffee a day, for every cup of coffee, you're supposed to have three additional cups of water because coffee dehydrates you. So keep that in mind. If you are a coffee drinker, coffee dehydrates you and you need to drink extra on top of your daily recommendation. And each person is different depending on their body weight of how much water they need, uh, also their activity levels. So, you know, different things come into play. I, I try and drink enough water, but you actually can have too much water as well. So you want to limit that as well. So, Mushrooms while on a candida diet. Yeah, great question. So I would definitely stay away from all mushrooms if you are battling candida or yeast overgrowth. I, even now, if I take mushrooms personally, because I'm just so susceptible to yeast overgrowth, I know a lot of people are. So I still have to watch what I eat. That's typically why I do go on a lower carb I lean towards a lower carb diet. I don't eat low carb, but I go lower carb. Does that make sense? Um, just because the carbs can feed the yeast overgrowth. Obviously, I love carbs. I eat potatoes. I eat bananas. I eat, you know, I, I eat it, rice. But, you know, that said, I, I'm still cognizant of that. Um, again, mushrooms. Sorry, I'm always going off topic. But I try and stay away from mushrooms. If I do take mushrooms, it's probably in a capsule form because I feel like it's a lot safer, like different... Um, Therapeutic mushrooms, right? It's I take Further Foods um, immunity capsules, and those have mushrooms in it, and I feel fine with those. 
fresh mushrooms are kind of a different story. I have to be really careful because unless they're processed really well, you know, they can have mold on them and they can have all these other things. So it's a very dirty, it's a very dirty fungus and thing to put in your mouth. It's very porous. So and if you unless you wash it really, really well, it's, you know, mm, I don't know. I just typically don't on a special occasion. What's my opinion on perfume? Great question. So I do not wear any perfume. I cannot stand the smell, first of all, and realizing I've never worn really perfume. I've realized it's not really just the smell, but it's obviously it's the chemicals that make the smell. And that's what I'm allergic to, or I just don't like, my body doesn't agree with it. And I just don't like it personally, like just personal preference. I'm like, I don't want to smell like some weird fragrant thing that's, I don't know. I mean, hey, no no shade to those that wear perfume. Hey, if it works for you, great. And I'm very thankful that Rory uh, does not like perfume or doesn't prefer it either because uh, he doesn't wear cologne. I love that. And so we're, we're both on the same page. We both don't wear deodorant either. So neither of I, neither him or I wear deodorant. And <laughs> funny story, but when we, uh, on our like first date, right, of course I wore deodorant. Like I like had to go to the store and like I wore deodorant, or actually, I, I think I had a non-toxic one already that I I just typically don't wear anymore, just because I find that my body works better even without anything. But um, but yeah, of course, you know. And then Rory too. He, after the fact, and you know, we were dating for a while. He he told me he's like, yeah, like on our first date. Of course, I don't wear deodorant, but like I had to go out and like I had to physically buy a stick of non-toxic deodorant because I just, you know, I didn't have it because I didn't wear it. But of course we were both like self-conscious about it because of, you know, but now that we both know we don't wear it, we we don't prefer it and we're, that's, that ship has sailed. So intermittent fasting. Okay. So I've been asked a lot about this. What's my opinion on intermittent fasting? And I... I think it's to each individual. I personally, for years, uh, intermittent fasted and I didn't know I was intermittent fasting. I just felt better. I would have my coffee in the morning and that had you know some protein, some fats from the ghee and things like that. But I wouldn't actually start eating until like maybe 11 a.m. You know, I'd start to have some sort of like a lunch or late breakfast or something like that. And for those that maybe are unfamiliar with intermittent fasting, it's basically just not eating for a period time of the day, right? So like if you were to stop eating at 6 p.m. and then you sleep overnight and then you don't eat again until a certain time of the day, the next day, which would be like 10 a.m. or 11 or, you know, maybe 9 a.m. It doesn't, you know, but I just felt better and I still do. Like I can't have a huge breakfast in the morning. It just does not work with my body. I can't just wake up and eat a huge plate of food like within an hour of waking up. I just, my body is like still working. I'm still wanting to get my my digestion awake, things like that. I do have coffee or matcha or some sort, some sort of hot 
drink, but some people can't intermittent fast. Some people wake up hungry. So if you do wake up hungry, I would say eat. And there also are days uh, when I wake up hungry too. Like I literally, it's in the morning, it's 6.30 in the morning and I'm like, wow, my stomach is growling. I'm hungry. And I honor that. I don't, you know, try and like stick it out and and wait because, you know, the, it's not time yet. No, if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. Um, but typically I just don't get hungry first thing in the morning. And so I kind of just try and listen to my body and just, and go from there. Caffeine. So this is interesting. Uh, some people, there are two types of people. There's the type that can metabolize caffeine. They're called slow metabolizers of caffeine. And some people can metabolize caffeine quickly. I am the kind of person that can metabolize caffeine quickly, which means if I have a cup in the morning, it's already, I've weaned off of it. It's out of my system. It it doesn't affect me by like 12 o'clock noon. Some people, if they have a cup in the morning and they're awake until 9, 10 p.m., you know, they're still on that coffee kick from the morning. Those are slow metabolizers of caffeine. So each individual is different. Again, like if I were to have a cup of coffee at 3 p.m., I probably would still be okay come the nighttime because I just, I metabolize it super quick. It's out uh, of my system. I'm probably not going to have a cup of coffee at 3 p.m. It's just not a good idea, but that said, so uh, each individual is different. I'm not sure what this person was asking, like caffeine with IBS or just what's my cap, you know, opinion in general with caffeine. You also just kind of have to watch your caffeine intake with other things. Obviously, other like chocolate has caffeine. There's other things that have caffeine. So um, it can accumulate. So just kind of want to be cognitive of that as well. The ketogenic diet. So what's my opinion on keto? Um, I do not think it is, I don't think it should be a lifestyle. Uh, Certain people say they thrive on it. I personally, I think there's a time and place for it. I had to go on it personally, a keto diet to starve off the yeast overgrowth that that had going on in my body or the yeast infection or candida. So a keto diet can be super beneficial if you are on a battling yeast. Um, but I don't think that it is, it's something you should be doing long-term or, you know, doing it to, to lose weight necessarily. There's other ways to lose weight. Um, because especially when you go off the keto diet, you, you tend to, to gain that weight back very quickly, right? It's just not sustainable. So, I mean, that said, there are also studies that the keto diet has been shown to help people, um, kids with autism, you know, and, and certain other diseases or, um, autoimmune disorders and things like that. So it can be helpful. And Hey, if it helps with a child with autism, like, yes, great. Keep going, get them on that. You know, you know, you kind of have to say it's to each individual and, uh, if it works for you, then more power to you. But I would just say, you know, be be cautious of that. If you try it and you are like low energy and you just like feel like you can't function, then obviously it's not for you. 
the AIP elimination diet. So autoimmune protocol. And what is my opinion on that? So I actually talk about this in my book, Digest This. That's the name of my book, Shameless Plug. You can get it from Amazon or anywhere else books are sold. Uh, uh, Barnes and Noble, they have it. If you walk into any Barnes and Noble store, they have it. It's called Digest This. So Uh, I talk about the AIP diet in my book and why I don't necessarily recommend it because it's basically, it's a Band-Aid. So it can help as a Band-Aid to kind of relieve symptoms, but it doesn't, it still doesn't get to the root of the cause, right? It just kind of alleviates symptoms and then, and then now what, right? You, You really want to get to the bottom of it and not just start eliminating foods and then just hopefully you wouldn't have to be on that forever the, your entire life. So I, I really am an advocate for trying to get to the root of the cause and not just um, putting Band-Aids on things. Liver capsules. <laughs> so liver is amazing. I love it. I personally love eating liver. I love the taste of it. I think I'm one of the very few people that do love the taste of liver. But if you are... <laughs> the average person and do not like the taste. Liver capsules are great. There's um, a few companies that make some really good ones. Paleo Valley is one of them. They have actually, it's a whole liver and organ complex. So they also include the heart and a couple of other um, good organs uh, in those capsules. They're like dehydrated, you just swallow it. I think I have a code for them too. It's a little sipper, L-I-L-S-I-P-P-E-R. You can try that and see if that works. But yeah, so Paleo Valley, they make a good liver capsule complex, I think it's called, or organ complex pills. And so yeah, if you can't stand the taste of liver, liver capsules are a great option. Okay, so last question here. So actually two different people asked, what's my opinion on the carnivore diet? And then another person asked, what's my opinion on the vegan diet? (laughs) So I'm going to address both right here. So the carnivore diet is basically you just eat meat. That's it. I think maybe you're allowed like a couple different vegetables and like meat and eggs. Like you literally, it's like keto, but like to the extreme. Like you're not even, I don't even think you're allowed vegetables. Like it's just the meat and eggs. Uh, It's just... just ridiculous. I don't even know. Um, Some people with autoimmune disorders say that it's, it's helped them. I don't, I don't see how it's sustainable at all because you're not getting any other vitamins. Like obviously meat has so many great attributes and minerals and things that you need for your body. So I'm all about eating meat, but just meat like where are your digestive enzymes coming from? You need that from fruit. Where's your your fiber? Like where is where are the other nutrients? You know what I mean? So <laughs> you need on that end of the spectrum too, a vegan diet, eliminating meat altogether. You need animal protein. I know there's different sources of protein from non-animal products, but you need animal protein. It's it's different and you need that to really thrive. And some people thrive on a vegan diet if you're doing it right. I know I know people that say it just works for their body and that if that's you, then great. So I'm I, I'm in the middle. You need meat to to be to thrive and to feel I just, I personally just feel so much better eating meat. But you can't just eat 
meat. Obviously, you need vegetables and fruit to help you digest the meat. Like, what's going to help you digest the meat if you're just eating meat? You need to uh, accommodate that. So that's why God put so many different things on this earth because he knew we needed them all. (laughs) You know, so variety, again, that's key. I hope you guys enjoyed this little Q&A and it was fun for me and I love seeing all those questions. I wish I can get to more of them. But if you don't already follow me on Instagram, my handle is Sipper, L-I-L-S-I-P-P-E-R. And I'm always sharing fun recipes, gut healthy recipes and tips and everything in between. And if you are enjoying this podcast, which I hope you are, I would love and really appreciate if you went and gave it a uh, rating and review in your Apple Podcast uh, app. And that by doing that, it really helps get this podcast into more ears when people look for health and wellness and, and digestive um, health and advice and, and just things like that. So I would really appreciate it. And um, it helps it helps me know more about what you are enjoying, what you're not enjoying. And I cannot wait to share my next episode with you. So don't miss it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McComb. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first.